0: Jason, the craziest thing happened to us this weekend, didn't it?
1: Dude, I'm I'm s- speechless, Alex. I don't even know what to say. I had only read about this kind of stuff
0: in science fiction books and Steven Spielberg movies, but man, this is
1: nuts. It's it's insane. I mean, I don't I don't even know how to process this, Alex. Like it's just uh... I think the only way you process it is by telling
0: the story. So, why don't we do that? Cue the flashback. <laughs> No way, dude. You are off your rocker. The greatest hockey team was the
1: U.S. Olympic hockey team in 1980. Listen, Alex, you need to let your American pride go, bro, and realize something. The Mighty Ducks, oh, my under gosh. coach Gordon Bombay, are the greatest. Fictional characters, Jason. I'll admit the movie was entertaining, but. Alex, Adam Banks, Goldberg, the Flying V. Come on, Cake Eater. <laughs> Jason, did you see that? What the H-E double hockey sticks. We gotta check that out. We'll finish this later.
2: Greetings, I am Garthak. I have traveled many light years and I mean you no harm. Jason, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, but I don't know what he is. Excuse me, Earthlings, but I have a great need to speak with your leader. Well, Garthak, let me tell you. Jason,
1: what are you doing? I'm gonna seize this opportunity. I'm going to share the gospel with them.
2: All that I require are the coordinates to the location of your leader. Hey, E.T., I need a second to talk to my partner here. Ah, I see that you are life partners. We have heard of these earthlings on my home planet. No, no,
1: no, it's not like that. We have a podcast. Yeah, man, leave us a five-star review.
2: How do you leave five balls of gases held together by gravity? Man. Marvin the Martian can travel light years, but he doesn't know how to use Apple's review system? Alex, be nice. He's not from around here. Plus, there are more important things we need to tell him. Jason, don't assume his gender. Ask him what pronouns he would like to use. You just called him a him. Dang it.
0: Well, all right. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. You'll find the president
2: there. He has weird, like, orange hair. You can't miss him. Yeah, and the skin to match. Is this your highest authority? Well... Don't you start. He's not from this universe. What if he's like a Nephilim or something? Alex, you don't believe all that Ken
1: Ham garbage, do you? All the answers are in Genesis, Jason. We have wasted too many opportunities, Alex. We have to do this. What if there's a chance- Please,
2: Earthlings, I must speak to your highest authority. It is a matter of great importance. The fate of our continuously expanding universe
1: depends on it. Alex?
0: I guess we have to.
1: Garthak, my friend, you can meet our highest authority right here, right now. Excellent. My patience has almost been depleted. Garthak, have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? This does not
2: compute. You see, Garthak, 2,000 years ago, a man walked this earth. He wasn't just a man.
1: He's God's son. His only son. He did miracles and proclaimed the kingdom. But he was arrested and sentenced to death. Death on a cross.
0: The most horrible way for a man to die.
1: He hung on that cross where God poured his wrath out on him. He yelled, it is finished! And breathed his last. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. So your leader was terminated? You see, this is where the story gets interesting. He didn't stay dead. He rose. This does not
0: compute. Your intel is faulty. The only intel you need, Garthak, is the answer to this question. If you were to fly off in your spacecraft and get in an accident and die, do you know where you'd go?
1: Heaven or hell. Those are your only two choices.
2: I have transcended beyond this primitive.
1: But how do you know? Just repeat after me, Garthak. Just believe these words in your heart. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner.
2: Earthlings, this has been an extremely negative experience. I shall depart.
1: Don't forget, Garthak! Jesus will always love you! Alex, do you think we made a difference?
0: Don't worry. I left him a little something to take back to his planet. Would you do? Filled his spaceship with gospel tracks.
1: (laughs) We are bound to reap some fruit from this harvest. This is not your pastor's
0: evangelism episode. (laughs)
1: All right, Alex, today we're talking about evangelism.
0: Well, Jason, I've already been evangelized. I oh, am yeah? a born again Christian. Uh, nice. I was, I was seventeen years old when I got saved. Yeah. So I'm I'm good. I'm good
1: to go. Do you remember the moment like you said the prayer and asked Jesus? I into actually your heart?
0: didn't say the prayer.
1: No. So it's, does that mean I'm not good? Yeah, no, you have to do this over. Oh. Alex, do you accept Jesus as your personal savior? Listen, Jason, I'm,
0: I'm not going to be a notch
1: in your Bible
0: inside cover. Okay?
1: Oh man, I got a couple of those too. <laughs> full names written in there. No, I, I
0: think I remember specifically like the moment that that clicked in my head that I'm like, man, I think you know I I want to be a Christian. I think I want to give my life over to Christ. And I remember walking out. It was it was a unusually warm September night. I walked outside and I laid underneath the stars and I said. Jesus, I need a savior, and I know that you're it. And then the rest was history.
1: Oh, that's actually pretty cool. So it was a really nice night. I was like extremely young, like three. I think we talked about it my in our first episode. Man, that was so long ago. That was in July, dude. Man, I think I was like five years old, and my dad like led me in a prayer in my grandma's kitchen down south. So this would have been this would have been in July, like Fourth of July, is when we go down there. Okay. Yeah, we were, my brother and I were watching Three Stooges and somehow the deep conversation came up where my brother's like, hey, Jason, are you saved? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. You know, Jesus, do you want to be saved? Well, yeah, I want to be saved. And then my brother like yells, dad, Jason wants to be saved. (laughs) It's almost like you got in trouble for something. I know it. Dad. Jason says he wants to give his life to the Lord. Gosh. Uh, but it's like, it's insane because I still remember that conversation. I remember what my dad said. And I remember at like that point, like, all right, I have five, dude. That's Pretty insane. impressive.
0: Very impressive. And
1: then, you know, the sanctifying work of Christ in my life yep. progressed as the years did. And
0: yeah, I'm as, as, it, as it all does to us, you know. Yeah, But we're talking about evangelism today, Jason, and we we basically, in a nutshell, in like 30 seconds, shared both of our testimonies. But as we were kind of researching this topic and trying to find out more and trying to basically kind of get a grasp on it, because I feel like what the church does today and what the Bible says, they may line up on a few things, but then there's just some things that are just way out of perspective and way just messed up.
1: Yeah, you know what, like... Like, Alex, most of, like, our shows, like, there's always, like, it's on the top of my mind because somebody said something and it's like, okay, we need to dissect that. Yeah. And I was listening to, it was either a Pastor of No Answers or maybe it was Don't Feed the Dro- Trolls with Joey Svensson on it. Yeah. And he was talking about there and they were talking about hell. And this is not a hell episode, but he, well, he's an annihilationist. Yeah.
0: Um, or conditionalist, which is the other word they use. but
1: Yeah, I mean... But he doesn't believe in eternal suffering. Right. And his reasoning is because he thinks that if people really did suffer forever, then Christians here on earth would be going like out of their minds, doing everything they could to reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of people suffering forever should be so terrifying to us that we should stop at nothing to reach lost people. And I'm kind of like dang, maybe he's right. Like, I don't know. Like, what is, how do you feel about that? Well, I've, I've talked with Chris
0: date who runs the rethinking hell podcast. And I've listened to a few episodes and there it's a really well done podcast. And it definitely makes me think, but for me personally, I'm still a traditionalist as far as hell is concerned. I, st- I, I believe that apart from Jesus, if you live, if you, if you do not repent of your sins, you do not give your life over to Christ. You, go to hell and you suffer for a etern- for eternity and so for me when i hear stuff like that it's like it's really convicting to me because i'm like man maybe i'm not taking this seriously
1: yeah i mean because i'm in the same camp as you like yeah. i'm like i i see the annihilationist points but yeah. i'm i'm still that traditional viewpoint not that i won't come around or will, i'm not open it's, super it's interesting. Just, yeah i mean it's just it's where i'm at and uh, it's Don't just the, judge us. Yeah. The lack of desperation. Like What is it that Like I, Joey's like, I can't I can't reason Why wouldn't God put it on our hearts to be more desperate if this was really eternal?
0: Well, like you think of guys like I know this is oh gosh, this is showing my colors. My Uh-oh. team. Spurgeon. Spurgeon has that quote that he talks about, like, if people are going to go to hell, that well, may it be over our dead bodies. Like basically yeah may the Christian do as much as they possibly can in order to tell people about the gospel, to share the gospel with people so that hell is not
1: even an option. I mean, that's just... It's one of those classic, like, guilt-driven sermons to me. Like, like, to me, I hear that, and it's instantly, I'm not doing enough. And it's like... Are "Are we, we, though? I mean... I I don't know. How many times did you share the gospel today, Jason? Oh, my goodness. Well... With an alien. (laughs) (laughs) That was
0: this weekend. That's got
1: to count for something.
0: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I don't know how many people have actually done that. Are
1: we sharing the gospel right now? I mean... Is that the whole purpose of our show? Is that what we're doing? Is that like our hidden agenda to this entire show? Like in the hopes that somebody on the fringes would come and listen... I don't know I feel like our our podcast is is
0: primarily for Christians. So the people yeah. that listen to this podcast have already been evangelized and have already hopefully I, entered I into the so. disciple making process. I think I think our podcast mission is and maybe we can this is can be our 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 mission statement from here on out. Get your head out of your rear end. There's more important stuff to do.
1: Yeah, and see I would contend that maybe a lot of people in church aren't really saved. Dang, Gina! It's getting real. So, like, Alex, I did the Twitter conversation thing again. Yeah,
0: that worked out so well last time. And, again, thank you guys so much for participating with the twi- with the Twitter account and, like, just getting back to us because we appreciate the feedback so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. It's great
0: to hear because everybody is coming from a different perspective from a different yep. part of the country, so thank you guys. Yeah,
1: it's like I want to see what people res- people's responses are and how much they, they line up. Sorry, burp there. And how different they are.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And so I guess I'll just uh, start reading these. We can uh, cue the Twitter music. Yeah, do it. All right. Fable Podcast Man with his big words again. <sighs> so uh, many words. Conversion over coercion. <laughs> Did and you even pronounce that right? I know, I didn't. I can't. Coercion. What is it? Co- co- it? Coercion. No, it's coercion. Coercion. No, there's more of an E er sound in the co- coercion like. coercion it's coercion okay conversion over coercion <laughs> just read it just read and it. And incarnation over incantation fable podcast what do you think
0: we are come on yeah. now we went to community
1: college yep. too deep man too deep too deep god's miracle plan he hit it like this is like twitter has the stupid heart things so like there's no like you have to I'm still learning Twitter guys. You have yeah. to like hit the heart and I like I replied to this. I would hit heart like a thousand times if you could. It says when the Holy Spirit controls, the kingdom increases. When we're in control of hashtag evangelism, it's hashtag religious. Boom. Yeah, nailed it. For sure. Yeah. What else do you got, Jason? Uh The CXMH podcast that's the crossroads of Christianity and mental health I just started listening to these guys fantastic they just did an episode with Sarah Fader fantastic Alex you're gonna need to check it out okay Um, they said best when done in a relationship randomly equals weird right Uh, okay church and other drugs says when done in a loving way incredible it can go south fast though Probably wrong, podcaster, your buddy Brandon. He says, hmm, the first word that comes to mind is obedient, <laughs> which Brandon and I, like him and I, were like, we track the same. Like I feel like just listening to their podcast, yeah. like him and I are on the same page with a lot of things because that's the first thing that comes to my mind is obedience. So when I hear that guilt-driven sermon, like you need to be reaching more, yeah. like my first thought is I'm being disobedient. Right. And like it, that, that strikes a chord with me, uh, bros. Bibles and beer says I know what it's not going to make the Western world and having them repeat a few lines. It's been a numbers game. Sad. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, that is something we will talk about more. The inglorious pastards left a cliffhanger for one of their upcoming episodes. Dun, dun, dun. Alex, upcoming episode with Zand saying it wasn't the intent of the Great Commission. Uh oh. So, like, immediately, I want to know what this guy's take is on the Great Commission. Yeah, so, for sure. Look forward to that in a couple of weeks from the pastards. Uh, Method Theology Holly, she says, depends on who's doing it and why. Nick, um, at the Nick Mayer. Um, he actually emailed us because he said 160 characters wasn't enough. Yeah this guy's a youth pastor okay uh, down in Ohio and, he's, and he I'm just reading a part of his email. He says evangelism needs to start with a conversation and a relationship. Love, humility and compassion is needed if you want to talk about faith with someone. We need to understand that in order to talk about faith, we must develop a relationship. If not, it will be a band-aid evangelism that doesn't have any real true impact. That's where I feel with a lot of people in the church is they've they've come in Alex and they've they've uh, they've heard the Romans Road yep. you know and they've they've uh, initiated the sequence to join and become a member you know
0: I'm not going to do the Pastor L voice yeah
1: I was waiting for it I was am <laughs> not going to do it I was it wondering this if you are going to insert a Pastor L sound effect
0: I talked enough with Garthak the alien.
1: But you know they're in there But it's not like a true conversion They've just become part of the membership And that's exactly what Richard Jacobson was messaging us About on Saturday, Alex
0: Yes, he, I, re- I recall yeah. My phone was just blowing up And you guys were having your own little like powwow
1: And I'm oh, like, yeah.
0: I need, I'm spending time with my family right now
1: Yeah, Richard Jacobson Love you Richard Author of Unchurching And the Unchurching podcast Great dude And he left us a little little bit here, and I want to read it. It says, Jesus said to make disciples, but we tend to make members. And membership is not the same as discipleship. Discipleship begins before conversion. Think about it. At what point did Jesus start calling his followers disciples? Disciples. Yet, how long did they follow him before they made a profession of faith? Alex, you remember, like, like Jesus called everybody his disciples. Mm-hmm. Like, a disciple is just a student. Yeah. So, anybody who's following a teacher is a disciple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean you're saved. Right. He says, this is a huge reality that we know almost nothing about anymore. And add in the fact that many, could we say most, of the people in the congregation have never been truly discipled yet we're pressuring them to make disciples. That's like saying, I know we never got to the pool together, but I did lecture you about swimming, so go out and be swimming instructors. Can they even swim themselves? And if not, why would I think they can teach others to swim?
0: Put that on your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, he
1: says the short answer What's answers, up, Gunner? <laughs> <laughs> he says the short answer is, I think we've got it all wrong. <laughs> oh, and then... Brandon Andrus from Outside the Walls podcast left us an excerpt man, lots from of, his book, man. Lots of
0: people got lots to say on this topic.
1: Yeah, so from his book, Unearthed, How Discovering the Kingdom of God Will Transform the Church and Change the World. Alex, I want to read. He left like like eight paragraphs, and I can't read them all. You got here. one
0: that's kind of like boom statement worthy?
1: I think so, because this kind of kind of ties in with what's being said across the board. Okay, And he is really devi- defining what the gospel is, and he's saying it's more than just this message of reconciliation. Mm. He's saying the good news of the kingdom of God is the life of Christ. It is the parables of Christ. It is the teachings of Christ. It is the death of Christ. It is the resurrection of Christ. It is the defeat of sin and death by Christ. It is the rescue from the kingdoms of the world by Christ, and it is Christ bringing everything back to himself, including every one of us. I mean... What that implies to me is it's more than just the Romans road. It's more than just this canned conversation we have to make converts, Alex. It's more than just saying a prayer. Yeah, it's way more than just saying a prayer. It's an entire lifestyle, and it's going to happen not in a single instant, in a moment in most cases. There might be, for people, there might be like that point, like you said. Yeah. And like I said, like we both had like that moment. Like, yeah, if I had to date it, if I had to timestamp my salvation or the start of my salvation, Mm -hmm. it would be at this moment, but it didn't stop there. Like I'm still being saved. Yeah, right now like when
0: like yeah when paul says like work out your salvation with all fear and trembling like that's you're working it out it's like it's a continuous process
1: so uh, yeah i think and brandon goes on to talk about like unity and this kingdom and how we're not of this world and and talking about all the division within church like he gets deep in there manna and we're all trying to preach the same message, but we're all extremely divided because we all want people to come in our doors and give their money here and support our programs and you know make what that our sound? little lowercase kingdoms grow.
0: You know what that sounds like? So we have, we have these stores in Michigan uh, called Meijer. And I feel like there's always this unspoken rivalry, rivalry between Meijer and Walmart. You think so? Yeah, definitely in Lapeer, where I grew up. And it's all, and it's like, I
1: could see that in a small, like in in Lapeer, it's like those are, that's it.
0: That's it. That's all you have is Lapeer and Walmart. And so it's like, well, if you love Michigan, then you go to Meyer. And if you love low prices and stuff made in China, you go to Walmart. But it's like it's the same thing with the church. It's like how many people, how many outreaches can we do and snag as many people as we can to come to our church? And not every church does this. And I, know, and I don't want to put all evangelical churches it. in this in this box because there are some that are le- legitimately like, man, this person got saved and they're going to a different church because they got plugged in. Maybe it's in their neighborhood or whatever. Great. I know pastors that are exactly like that. They have that mindset. They they are kingdom minded. They they don't care about numbers. They don't care about their con their congregation getting bigger. Yeah. They just care about man. This person has been entered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Yeah. They rejoice.
1: They don't want members. They want missionaries. Right. And like the whole point of discipling somebody is so you can send them out. So and we have a tendency to like hoard people, for sure, and build programs and make. Uh, a bigger entity of ourselves Exactly And but if the wrong heart and wrong motives behind that It is it is religion 101 Like God's da, miracle da, plan da. said There you go Pastor Al you had to, you, <laughs> You're throwing it in there
0: so, Jason, one of the things that, you know, while we were researching this this topic for the week, uh, you were sending me a bunch of stuff about the different ways yeah, dude. people <laughs> evangelize. So before we kind of get more into like maybe the serious part of the conversation,
1: like let's have some fun. Okay. So. Uh, Alex, I have to start. We have to start with okay. evangelism explosion. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the classic and this is like a year ago when we were taking our little pastor's academy or whatever you call it like yeah um this this was taught to us and yeah and it's really it's like canned responses and fake conversations it's and, funny
0: because like you you hear the conversations that you're so like supposed to have when you're sharing the gospel and it's like i don't talk like that yeah exactly there would be a lot more
1: dude or man but this is all an effort to like get to that magical moment where somebody says a prayer and like i don't want to knock this too hard like a canned response is better than no response. people have been saved through this we've seen it in the prisons for sure but it's so cheesy alex all right so it's like this little outline here question one alex yeah on a scale of one to ten, if you died today, how certain are you that you would go to heaven? Yeah, maybe like a two. You're on a you're two? Okay, Alex, we got, we got some. Oh, work. we I, got. I no. thought we were role. playing I'm
0: evangelizing to you. I right thought now. we were role playing, and I was a heathen, and you were like a goody two shoes Christian. Yeah, you are. Okay, I'll be. I'll play the heathen. I'm like at a two. All right, qu-
1: question two, heathen. Suppose <laughs> <laughs> suppose you did die today, and you stood before God, and He asked, "Why should I let you into heaven?" What would you say? Because
0: you should. Thanks.
1: <laughs> well, let me, let me say something. I feel something. like I'm going to get zapped right now. Let me now. say something, Alex, about heaven. It's a free gift, and it can't be earned or deserved. Illustration, a birthday gift. It's not like your birthday. What did you do to get born? Nothing, right? Well, what about your mom? She went through labor to have you, but you did nothing. Yet on your birthday, who gets presents? You did not earn them and can't do anything to deserve them, but you got them. They are free gifts. Romans six twenty three, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9.
0: And at this point, you be evangelizing the cloud of dust that I've left behind because I ran away from you because you sound weird.
1: I mean, like, obviously you wouldn't say it weird like that, but it's just these like canned (laughs) responses. Like, man is a sinner and can't save himself. Illustration. You, an Olympic swimmer, are trying to swim to Hawaii. (laughs) Like, you've got like all these canned illustrations, which, you know, are led by Bible verses. My favorite would be this one. Jesus bridged the gap. Illustration. Use your fingers and create a gap. (laughs) Like a peace sign, <laughs> and then as you say the illustration, suppose, Jimmy was
0: off the hook. <laughs> you're supposed to close
1: the gap, <laughs> so you take your peace signs and you squeeze your fingers together.
0: <laughs> I can smell the mozzarella on that approach.
1: Oh, oh goodness yeah. gracious! Uh, you know, but it all gets down to does this make sense to you? Do you remember what you said when I asked you the second question? You said, dot, dot, dot. Who were you referring to in that sentence? And then in in, uh, parentheses, they will admit that they were referring to themselves, at which I would be quick to say, me too. Me too. (laughs) I was just like that myself. And all I did was pray a simple prayer to transfer my trust from myself to Jesus Christ. And that's it, Alex. That's that's the moment. That's when we would consider somebody saved. Well, they got to they got to say the prayer. Yeah, they have to say the prayer. But now they're official member of the church, and we just plug them in, you know. And if they have that in the back of your Bible, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'm definitely I'm. Putting that as a notch in my belt. And, you know, if they have no discernible talent, we'll just put them in the parking lot. Oh, for parking lot ministry. Wow. Right? low blow. <laughs> that man. was on uh, Babylon B, So that's, that's, <laughs> that's not me. Love that one. But, right? I mean, there's something about these canned responses to me that's just completely unloving.
0: Right. Exactly. You don't know where these people have come from. It's or, like, like you just automatically yeah. assume maybe, I don't want to get into this too much because we'll probably get into it afterwards. Like, because of maybe the way somebody looks that they may not already be oh, a christian oh my goodness
1: alex i've gotten that yeah. a couple
0: of times like how could he be a christian he has long
1: hair and he plays an electric guitar yeah we'll get no into no joke dude we'll get into that in a little bit cuz i got i got yeah. some funny stories but i mean that's just one of them that's evangelism explosion is mm-hmm. what that's called it's been around since the 70s i think <laughs> i mean if you're if you grew up baptist and they taught an evangelism course this is what you got yep I mean, it's just, it's classic. We're going to do 16 weeks on
0: evangelism. It's just memorizing this skit.
1: All right. We researched the methods and there are so many different methods. And I think we need to go through these Okay, because like, just, just bear with me, people. Okay. Just like, what do we got, Jason? All right. There is open air preaching. Oh yeah, so this uh, is your classic Charles Spurgeon, D.L. Moody. Yeah, okay. We always hear the stories of of Moody, and he'd be like in a busy, crowded street, and he'd take his hat off and like set it on the ground, and just look up at a tall skyscraper. Yeah, and a crowd would gather, and they'd all be looking up, and then he'd pick up his hat off the ground and start preaching the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's like the the ultimate Jesus juke. Like, but people got saved. So I'm not. I'm, they, they did. We're yeah. not dogging it. All right, Alex. There's door to door preaching. Non Christians love this. By the way, <sighs> you ever do some door to door preaching? No, I never did
0: that. Um, but I have run into many Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. that have done that to me.
1: There's the classic evangelizing through a sermon.
0: Yeah, not. That's honestly, that's one of the way, that's one of the, one of the many
1: stepping stones to that, to where I got to be a Christian was through yeah, that. I think, I think me too. Like I I say I was saved at five. I probably didn't hear the gospel until I was 27. Oh wow. I like, dude, and I was like, seriously, you get caught up in church and you just go through the motions of it, man. And you just get plugged in. And you're teaching classes and you're doing all these different things and you're volunteering at VBS and you're at church four nights a week. You know all the stories. You know all the stories. You know everything there is. But you can do all that and still not have a single clue what the gospel is. Agreed. And like I can honestly say like I think Jesus saved me. I think I I was saved when I was five. I think this is just all the part of the process of. Of God-like conforming. Sanctification. Yeah, exactly, to the image of Jesus.
0: Because now you can help people who used to be in your situation, for sure.
1: Yep. There is lifestyle evangelism. Okay. This is an approach to evangelism characterized by somebody demonstrating their faith by their actions and hope that people around them will be impressed with how God affects that person's life.
0: What is that? St. Francis of Assisi or whatever? What's that guy's name? like? Preach the gospel and when necessary use words. Yeah. Fra- I always think of a, our one pastor friend who calls him St. Francis. He's a sissy or something. He always changes his oh.
1: name. <laughs> Cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Um, friendship evangelism. That's, you become friends with somebody.
0: So for me, again, this is one of the stepping stones because there was a family who lived across the street from where I grew up named the Claytons and wonderful, awesome people who love Jesus. And. They literally were just my friends, and and then they just seized opportunities yeah. within that friendship, within that relationship, to share Christ with me.
1: So to me, that's one of the best ways. Absolutely. Like on this list, like that's the one that makes like the most sense to me. You
0: get to know people, and you get to know where they're at instead of just being like, "You need Jesus." Here's my canned script that I've memorized, and here's Romans Road. Anyway, yep. see you I'm later. Sorry.
1: Big gulp, say eh? big gulp, eh? say. <laughs> well, see you later. But, but there are extremes to friendship evangelism, Alex. Like missionary dating. Oh. You ever hear that?
0: Oh my gosh. I remember that was like a huge like thing in our youth group. Like
1: don't be m don't be like a
0: dating missionary. I'm yeah. like And at the time it was like, man, but all the pretty girls are bound for
1: hell and I'm over here in like the weird Christian. Sex. Yeah. And I'm like,
2: ah. This is
1: where you lead somebody to Jesus by dating them. Uh, I just don't think that works. And then it went even deeper, Alex, into something called flirty fishing. Uh oh.
0: This just is not, this sounds not like
1: good. I thought that was funny at first, like flirty fishing. Ha ha ha. And then I looked it up and it's a call. Dude, and it is—it's so, a cult. It's like it was a—you didn't tell me that. Yeah, dude. Well, because it's like disturbing. Oh no! I actually like—I tweeted it out, like a link to the the page, and you can dig through our tweets and like. find that. I'm not gonna repost it. It's there if you want it. And then I think it was Brad Polly from the Pastors. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Why did I just read that? I mean, it's so degrading toward women." It's. Pretty much the pastor or the cult leader setting himself up as the pimp and and uh, forcing the women to be prostitutes. And it has like all these like extremely disturbing names and they don't believe in birth control. And so you have what are termed Jesus babies. Oh my god! I mean, dude, it is so incredibly brutal. And it's not that old. It happened in the 70s and 80s and it kind of died out with the AIDS epidemic yeah like just brutal somber moment i'm
0: i'm processing this is ridiculous. yeah all
1: right i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going down the list because yeah. all right child evangelism okay yeah, this is probably like your bus ministries maybe yeah like I, I, would, I would almost kind of put that in the
0: category of like an event Evangelism because we're bringing the kids to an event.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is like your 4 to 14-year-old window. You're trying to bring kids in. And by the way, non-Christians really love this.
0: Uh, <laughs> I will say this. In Flint, they love it because parents are always looking for a way to get away from their kids for even just an hour or two. Yeah, I guess it, like, especially because in an urban environment, there's not a ton of stuff for kids to do that's productive. So like when a parent hears, hi, my name is Alex. I work at this church. We have a kids program. Would you like us to take your child for two to three hours? They're like free babysitting. And then they send yeah. they send the kids with like, it's like they send the kids with this weird long haired white, white guy. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: I, I would say like in my community, it'd be like, what are you teaching my kid? Like, mm-hmm. What are you like pumping through them? Bus ministries work in urban areas. Just saying, I'll I'll go with you on that. Uh, there is creative evangelism. I am guilty of this. The approach to evangelism where it is creative art such as music, visual art, drama, film. Oh
0: my gosh! Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many times it was either my my buddy Tim or me, and we would always like. Debate over it, like, who should do the the gospel invitation, like, at, at the second-to-last song oh. in our show. Is that what you're talking about?
1: I don't think I was that cheesy. like Dude, I would,
0: we were cheesy. I
1: would write it into the lyrics, though. I mean, for us, like, I'm not going to lie, we would see
0: these, like, quote-unquote Christian hardcore bands, and if they didn't have, like, a gospel, like, invitation that they would do in the middle of their set or, like, in the second-to-last song,
1: we're like... There's no way they can be
0: Christians. Yeah, they
1: must not be saved. So, like, we made it a point... God
0: forbid one of them crack a beer open at the end. Right. And so, like, we had... Well, we were 19, so there's no way we were drinking beer. But we literally, like, had to make sure, like, we wrote it in the set list. Like, this is where Tim or Alex would get up and share the gospel. And we would basically just say, like, we believe in Jesus. We love you guys. Jesus loves you. If you want to come talk to us about Jesus afterwards... Uh, we're here, we're gonna be hanging out at the merch table. Or yeah. something like that, or sometimes we would go more in more in detail, but uh, I'll tell you how many people came up and talked to us about Jesus.
1: Zero. Zero. You know how I know that goose egg. That? It's cause when we started out, we did the same exact thing and we'd actually like do like this little holy huddle prayer. Yeah. Like on stage. We did that too. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> uh, we we quit do it. we quit doing that. We also quit throwing the invitation out there and we had way more people come up to us afterwards and we get messages like weeks later like hey I think I found Jesus after talking to so-and-so after the show score Uh, yeah I mean it was like and it was like we kind of just quit trying (laughs) (laughs) and it just it kind of happened naturally anyway creative evangelism okay That's what we were talking about. Then there's using gospel tracks. I mean, we left some of those in Garthak's uh, spaceships. Yeah,
0: we left some of those. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you.
1: You ever get some gospel tracks? I there ha- is nothing more unloving, Alex. I haven't even heard your story yet, but I think I'm I might bust on
0: this. I'm going to so I never gave out gospel tracks. Okay. even from the start I thought it was ridiculous. So maybe I had like you know, I was a little bit ahead in my salvation and in my walk. And so, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm that's really arrogant. <laughs> I'm really kidding. But I remember so I always have these run-ins with the Jehovah's Witnesses, I feel like. Yeah. They're always just looking for me and I'm like, I'm not looking for you guys.
1: It's cuz you don't look like you're saved, Alex. Uh,
0: probably that's what it is. So, I saw these this this couple. They go into a gas station and they, you know, they use the restrooms. And I'm like, these guy, like this guy is like definitely a church church person. He was he was wearing nice clothes on yeah. a Sunday. I'm like, this guy got out of church. I was not at church. I was camping. And so I go into the bathroom. After him, and on the back of the toilet seat
2: is a track,
0: <laughs> and I read it. Yeah, and I I look at the back, and it's like out of www.com dot com Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever. Yeah, and then I just go, huh? Throw in the garbage. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't I don't want anybody to read this. But I was like, and I thought to myself, I wonder how many people like if if somebody left a Christian gospel track, even if it was legit, even if yeah. it was like. It was biblically correct or whatever. It, like, how many people look at that and go, huh, we a bunch of arrogant fools and throw it in the trash.
1: Yeah, dude. And then it's
0: like at that point you're just wasting the resources that God has given you to steward over back in Genesis by wasting trees.
1: Yeah. Just saying. We uh We knew a waitress and she was having like this super rough day and she wasn't like thrilled to be at work or anything. Right. And she was waiting on this old dude. And he was kind of like, you need to cheer up, you know? And the meal's over and she goes to the table. He doesn't leave her a tip. He just leaves her a gospel track. Like, so like brutal. Like, you know what she needs right now is Jesus. Cause obviously she's not saved or allowed to have a bad day ever. I mean, so I'm, I, I kind of
0: understand where these people are coming from. Like, like, the source of true joy and happiness in my mind is is through Christ. Yeah. And so when I see somebody that's upset, I want to get them to Jesus because I know that that's the only thing that's going to satisfy them. But when you do crap like that, you're just being an asshole. It, yeah. It's it's really misguided. I'm just, just straight up. Yeah. I will never give a waitress a track. I will always give her a tip because I know they're working moms. I know that they're maybe working through school and they need the extra money. That's the yeah.
1: best way I can love them at that point. Yeah. It's just brutal. Yeah. Uh there's some classics, televangelism, radio evangelism, internet evangelism, which internet evangelism is probably going away because as more dudes look at porn they have to get off the computers, right? Right. Uh Alex, your favorite creation evangelism, our archaeology evangelism, our apologetics. I I don't want to say it's my favorite, but I mean <sighs> I've done it. I hate it. I know you hate it. And I've done it too. And I hurt a lot of people over it So and made a fool out of myself over
0: it. So it was funny. So when we did this, when we did our evangelism class for our pastor's class that we did a, a couple yeah. of years ago, it was funny to hear our, cause we both, we both had to preach or share the gospel with our, our pastor who was leading the class. And he said, it was, he's like, it's funny. Like Jason is a very straightforward approach. Yeah. You you just go, yeah. go at it. You just like, Jesus, Boom. And then I was kind of more of the more analytical persuasion and I tried to talk about Jesus as a historical person and try and use some philosophy or some like apologetics yeah. basically. And I'm not going to lie, I don't I'm not going to solely use that that, you know, uh method, but I kind of like it because I don't, it's almost like a kind of validating for me like what I believe is true, and here's some historical facts, and like yeah. you can't deny the facts, said heathen. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they I, n- I realize how arrogant that sounds. <laughs> I I absolutely hate it. Like I said, I've made a fool out of myself in doing that for far too long. Mm-hmm. Like back in my super Christian conservative days. Oh, uh, prophetic evangelism. Prophetic? Yeah, prophetic. Like what you, you? in the world is that? Because <laughs> if you're trying to
0: prophesy... Listen to this. Okay, I'll listen just listen. I'll listen.
1: A method employed mainly by charismatic Christians, this is where... As its as its practitioners believe, God speaks through a Christian to a non-believer to say something that will prompt that person to seek God. On most occasions, it's something that the speaker could not have known naturally. For example, someone who is having a secret affair may be told that God knows they are doing wrong and wants them to change their ways. Now, okay, let's, let, the, when, you, when you read that, that was interesting to me because, so Nathan,
0: you remember Nathan? Yeah. So like... God told him or the Holy Spirit was revealing to him like through like his elbow was like, you know, acting That's up. true.
1: I didn't think of that.
0: So like I don't want to discount that because I think there's, there's probably some validity to that. And like we said before, like God is sovereign. He can work through many, many of these ways. Yeah. Despite our weaknesses, like he's made strong through them. So like so I don't think that's totally bogus. But again, it's probably been misused quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up in the charismatic world, so like it's completely foreign to me. I will say this though, my dad shared a story with me. Okay, and my dad's got so many freaking stories, Alex. He's a great storyteller. I love you. Yeah, dad. he's like I'm gonna murder, like kill this story, like. But he said, you know, their church was kind of new in the area, and the charismatic church from across town showed up one Sunday afternoon. Okay. Said they had a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Okay. And basically they were really, really excited about what the new church was doing, what my dad's church was doing, but they were just a little bit off.
2: And the
1: Holy Spirit told them to come there and kind of clarify a couple of things for them. Sure. Why not Holy Spirit? And so like my dad like let them have the floor. And he said it, it went terrible. It was just this condescending mess. Like, you guys are doing great, but we've got a little something that you're missing. And the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. And we want to share it with you because we think, you know, it can really help out your ministry here. Like, what you're doing is cute, but we got the real deal over on our end. So, so that's, that kind of brings up, what did they say? I don't know exactly. Like I don't know exactly what what oh my, my dad's church was missing. I do know that a few. You guys weeks are missing a drum shield. That oh, uh, we didn't have drums back then. E- e- still sinful, but uh, sorry, Toby. What I do know is that my dad and a couple others from his church went and visited their church a few weeks later. <laughs> so they were having this community event and. My dad shows up and he goes, well, you see, ever since you guys came to us, the, the Holy Spirit's really been working on us. And the Holy Spirit told us to come here tonight and to invite as many people as we can get. Because right now we're going to the north end of Flint and we're going to do some street preaching. And so the Holy Spirit told us to come here. I mean, who wants to come to Flint with us and share the gospel? How many people went? Zero. <laughs> wow. So that's another. That's so another, like my dad said he would never do that like these days. Like, oh, man. That's pretty like I can picture a couple of guys at our church doing something like that.
0: I feel like that's something that's not mentioned in the methods maybe. And I don't know if we got into it, but like, like between denominations, evangelism, like. Oh man, like they don't believe the same things about the Holy Spirit as So we need to yeah. we need to evangelize. They need to hear the real gospel or like man, it's just it's just too bad that they're presbyterians. Sorry. It's too
1: bad that they have musical instruments. Oh my
0: gosh. Like that was a big I,
1: one for me, dude. I thought we were the only church in the county going to heaven. I'm I'm dead serious. There's Alex. I've met guys like that. Like I thought we were the only our church of 350 and decreasing
0: What, you guys only use the ESV? Nah, KJV. You guys must be going
1: to hell because you're using that perversion. No joke. Heard that. Yeah, dude. So messed up. I was like, even the other churches of the same belief in our area, I was still like, you know what? They still have like this and that and that wrong. And so and so did this. There's no way. Dude, I was conservative, Christian, legalistic, hardcore. And like we're going to get we're going to do an episode on that in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And because I like I still have some of these legalistic tendencies, right. but But well, Jason, can we take a break real yeah, quick? Let's take we a need break. to
0: take a break. Hey guys, this is the break. I hope you guys are enjoying the evangelism episode and if you've done one of those methods before, we don't think you're a sinner. We just think you maybe need to not ever do
1: that again you're definitely a sinner <laughs> oh my gosh jason you know who's a sinner alex what you why because last episode you read a five-star review <laughs> of lego guy 86 or something and you totally made it up i did i went to read the reviews uh, but I'm like that jerk made up a fake one. Yeah,
0: I did. It you, was it you was deceiving liar. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm just, I'm just doing what every other pastor has done to buy reviews and get their books on fudge you, the numbers. Yeah, I just fudge <laughs> the numbers a little bit. But well, anyway, for real though, Jason, right now we do have one new five star review, and it's not from Lego Builder 86. Okay, it's from Christian Alcoholic. He says this: Who needs pastors? Uh, this podcast is a great reminder that pastors don't have all the answers and are the only ones who should have a platform to speak on the church and Christianity. A great podcast done by two honest dudes that just happen to be Christians. Highly recommend. Oh, thanks, guy. Like, thanks, Christian Alcoholic. Yeah, that's, like, really nice. Yeah, I mean, I... I appreciate pastors and but I also appreciate the fact that like we have this platform to speak and like that you guys the listeners listen to us and you give us feedback like this like this is this is this means a lot to us it really
1: does
2: but
0: Jason you know what also means a lot to us what, what people did for our last episode that we recorded
1: oh our our episode on the Flint local yeah man like first of all like that was the one i've heard like the most feedback from by far like stat wise it blew everything it broke out of all the, water. the records it did it broke it like not broke them it blew them away and i'm i'm so like thankful for that because it's such a positive show yeah like i'd be like kind of like sad a little bit if we had like a super negative show that was just like killing it yeah but this was super positive show
0: yeah actually so joel if you're listening to this he was on our show last, last episode. Thank you so much for recommending my
1: Did you get it? Yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. Shauna and
0: I and Ada, we all went out to we I was like, you know what? I want to spend the, you know, early or late late morning up at uh the Flint Farmer's Market. We're gonna get some produce and we're gonna get some lunch there. And we went to my and we got the pho. Yep. And the pho was pretty. I'm not gonna say it. I was gonna say a, a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was I'll just say this it was awesome and and I, I realize now most of you are probably saying in your head the F word
1: but, yeah. but it was it was
0: really awesome so
1: if you hey, live in the Flint area you go gotta go to Mamang's
0: go. and get yourself a bowl of the pho it's really yeah, it awesome yeah Jess
1: goes nuts for it dude
0: oh yeah and uh Ash was working that day, yep. so we talked a little bit. Yep. Ash from uh, Flint uh, Flint City
1: Derby. And the band Cheerleader oh, to, yeah, tie, that's right. to tie in with our Flint Local episode. Oh, she even's
2: like, oh, I saw you guys recorded with Joel. I was like, yeah, you got to listen to it. She's like, I will.
1: Yeah, so if you're not from our area and you want to know about our area, like the stories that Joel tells, you need to listen to it. He talks yep. about punching Nazi white supremacist skinheads. Yeah. Like who would come to shows? Isn't any more punk rock and try to, to have these beatdowns, and it's just like it blew my mind. So you have to listen to those stories.
0: Absolutely. Well, you ready to get back into this episode?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So, Alex Jess uh, is going to the Christian bookstore. Okay. And I'm having to return something for me while I'm at work. Okay. And. Jess, you know, she's got, like, the blue in her hair. She's got her septum pierced. She's got tattoos. You know, she usually wears dark lipstick. Classic signs of a heathen. Here she is returning a Christian book (laughs) that I have. And the woman behind the cash register tried to, like, reach her, you know. (laughs) She starts, like, witnessing. And Jess is like... I am, I am saved. <laughs> like, thanks, though. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Yeah, it always always feels good when you when somebody does a little, you know, outreach to you when you're already saved. <laughs> That's yeah. They're just looking at you, and just by your appearance, yeah, that person's not saved. You know who they need right now. You know who it's goes to Jesus. the Christian
0: bookstores a lot? Atheists.
1: No, no. <laughs> that's like, that's like,
0: unfortunately for Christians, like that's like our secret club But hang this, out.
1: this poor little girl, like, you know, she's, she's like in the Christian bubble. And so like, you know, for her, she, she might've thought like, oh, this is like my chance to reach an outsider. Uh, maybe. I, she definitely I, I, doesn't I, look the part of a Christian. She must not be a Christian.
0: Little girl, if you're listening to this podcast. Just know that Christians
1: can have tattoos. That's all I want to say. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. And you're going to need to find a new job because Christian bookstore went bankrupt. Why? Why?
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, Jason, so we're talking about evangelism and we need to, we need to somehow come up with solutions because yeah. one of the things I hate about podcasts today and, and not everybody does this, but there are some where they, they present a problem, they bash the problem, tell a couple jokes and then they wrap up. And they don't offer any solutions, and it's kind of like, okay, gee, thanks for dropping a bomb in my yard and not cleaning it up afterwards.
1: Yeah, I feel like we, we've got to say something, even though we might get like an incomplete, you know. Right,
0: something has to, there, there has to be like, just like everybody who says, like, if you're in deconstruction mode, that's fine, but there needs to be a, a space where you can also reconstruct. Yeah. So as we deconstructed in the first half of our podcast Uh, evangelism essentially and how not to do it we need to start reconstructing
1: all right alex we need to we got to start our solution with um let's first start by saying god is sovereign
0: oh my gosh is he sovereign
1: yeah so and we we know that and god uses us despite our weaknesses. So like
0: even in an age where the mega church or the church looks more like a corporation than yeah. a, a community of believers, people are still hearing the gospel and getting saved in that. Yeah. Which is which is insane like like it's it's literally the exact opposite of how god designs the church to look and function, yet people are still getting saved and hearing about who Jesus is and they're being convicted of their sin and going, man, I really need a savior.
1: Yeah. And I struggle with that. Like I fight in my brain all the time. Okay. Are we building God's kingdom? or Are we building our lowercase kingdom here? Because this outreach activity looks like garbage to me. Well, I mean, we've had some garbage outreach activities in the, in the past. Yeah. I mean, things like, I think, uh, oh, man, this is brutal. We did a fashion show, Alex, like way back in the day. And our pastor, one of our pastors, he was there, and he was going to have this little gospel moment at the fashion show. He said he wanted to flip tables the moment it started. It was so bad. It got so out of hand. He said it was absolutely brutal. And I think since, like, since then, we've really tried to, uh, like, if the gospel's not in it, we're not doing a big outreach movement. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like uh, studies have shown that like outreach movements, like big programs, big events on the West Coast have already died out. Like, yeah, this, people just, don't buy into it anymore. It's like it's happened so much that it's just like okay, we're kind of over it. Here in the Midwest, like it's it's relatively new, dare I say. I don't want, I don't know if it's necessary. No, it's
0: been around, but it's it's still relative, I guess. Maybe they're at, at that their point.
1: high point. I think.
0: Yes, it's it's still working to the point where, like, we're, like our church has done outreach events, and I'm not dogging them. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of heart and a lot of work put behind it, and like I I've, I believe the motives are genuine. Yeah, but there's also been I've seen churches that have done just the most awful, awful outreach events. And like trying to get people in the doors is like the it's the stupidest thing,
1: yeah, and I would say that to me that that first advice I would have is like, okay this this looks selfish on the surface, uh get to know your pastor, yeah, get to know his heart, yeah, and I'm not even encouraging people, like even if his motives are like self serving or selfish, that still doesn't mean leave, that means hang in there, be a voice. And God is sovereign. Yep. He will use that. And maybe he's going to use you in that situation. Maybe you're like the light in that situation and you need to be there. Maybe he's just fa-
0: facilitating a space for you to have this conversation with some random attendee of said event. Yep. And that's all it takes.
1: Yeah. It's so, like, crazy to me that God works
0: like that. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. I would encourage like... As frustrating as it is on the surface, like don't try not to be bitter about it. I mean, yeah. Paul says do all things without grumbling or complaining yeah. and you're here in this moment and you know, God's going to use it even in its weakness, even in its self-serving motives. Like mm-hmm. God's still going to use it.
0: I really like what you said, Jason though, about the getting to know your pastor because if you, it's a it's it's telling like if he starts talking about like we're gonna build this church up god's gonna build this church and he's starting to use a lot of language that's like specifically a, like insular and like only benefits quote-unquote their ministry yeah i think that might be a sign to jump ship
1: yeah i mean there's a church across town from us their operating costs and i know this from a Former member, their operating costs. I actually know this from a former member, like a for like a, a pastor there. Their operating cost is sixty grand a month. Big church, yeah, and they're pulling right now less than thirty. So, like, you gotta imagine in that stressful situation, the ship is going down. The evangelism is gonna get uh kind of crazy, right?
0: Right. It's it's like
1: like you get into desperation mode and all of a sudden the gospel's not enough anymore. We need to come up with something man-made and something quick. Another concert or something. Right. We got to get uh the people we lost to other churches. We got to get the church shoppers back. Like what can we do to appeal to the the Christians to get them back in here because we need the money. And There's that's a scary element there.
0: I think that's where we start to see this like the idea of like seeker friendly and seeker sensitive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if we, we, we want to be seeker friendly because we want to make sure that the non-Christians who are kind of like feeling this whole Christianity thing out are welcome enough to be here. And so that's when you start like maybe uh, compromising a little bit on certain things that like the church should be doing. That's the church. Like, I know this is going to sound super awful, but like uh, I had a buddy of mine, he was, he was, he's, uh, He's talking about his church that he was he was going to for a while and they were kind of like, yeah, still not kind of like feeling it, whether or not, and they, instead of doing uh, like sermons and actual like worshiping Jesus through song and other facets, they had a game show. Yeah. And it's like they play games and stuff. It's like, okay, I understand like those things have their, their time and space, but like if the church isn't gathering together, worshiping Jesus through song, through the reading of scripture, through giving – what the heck are we doing?
1: Oh, my goodness, Alex. That reminds me, like, um, I was meeting with a uh, deacon who's now an elder at my former church, and he was kind of using this illustration of the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. Like, they built this new stadium, Comerica Park. Yeah. And the product on the field is, you know, it's baseball, and baseball's kind of boring, yeah. So they draw in all these other attractions around it to make it more appealing, you know, there's carnival rides for the kids, there's better food, you know. That's all it takes for to
0: get me in there.
1: There's yeah, you know, there's Nachos. a the big giant scoreboard, they have games in between and he's like, We need to do the same with the church. It was He like, did not. He did. The gospel's there and it's kinda of boring. So we need we need to dress it up a little bit. I mean, just He didn't burst into flame after that? Absolutely. But this is also oh, a guy who said no. on his evangelism course, was like, well, we're not going to stand on the corner and tell everybody else they're going to hell, even though they are, like okay. other churches. I mean, it's borderline call, Alex. It was really bad. Yeah. But that was one of the reasons, signs for me, like, okay, it's time to jump ship. This, See ya. These people no longer trust in the gospel.
0: Right. Like, so... I guess for me like when when you share the gospel, Jason. I think this is I think this is where the conversation has to go. Okay. When you share the gospel, what do you do? What are some of the steps that you take?
1: I don't know if I have steps, Alex. Okay. Um I don't even have I mean, I'm aware of things like the Romans road, uh, of course, but uh for me to me I like the word reconciliation. Okay. And um, I like it for a number of reasons, and you and I were talking just a few minutes ago, and we have a little bit differing opinions on this. It's okay. But when I think of somebody, when I think of a broken relationship and then somebody being reconciled back to somebody else, like there's a lot of things that need to be worked through. Like there might be this, this one moment where like, okay, I, I acknowledge the problem. I need to be fixed. I need God. You need to fix me because I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like to me that's kind of the turning point. It's like okay, we can get started with the reconciliation process. In my mind, this is just where where I go. Like yeah. okay, they've 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 had that acknowledgment. They want to dig a little bit deeper, but oftentimes before you can even get to that point, you really need to sit with people mm-hmm. and find out where they're at. Yeah. Like what bothers? A lot of people are church hurt like a ton of people so like you need to sit through and like wade through that and like there's there's even like the bad name that christians have
0: right now like i'm not going to lie to you christians like,
1: have a bad name alex uh, yeah yeah <laughs>
0: i'm not going to lie to you it took me uh i had the last person i shared the gospel with and like le- legit i'm i'm pretty sure i just like basically said like you need a rescuer you need you need Jesus I just I just felt it on my heart to say that I didn't say it to this person in the first moment I met them yeah it was after six months of knowing them yeah
1: see it takes time it
0: takes time because I had to learn their story I had to learn where they were coming from and it wasn't just hi and then like do you realize you're a sinner yeah and then after the conversation like my last stitch effort wasn't like all right. So, is it okay if I pray with you? Just pray after me. Yeah. I, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I didn't do that. Yeah. Instead, I was. I learned. I learned their situation and learned what they were going through, and then I tried to. I don't want to say tailor made the what I said next to them. I honestly feel like it was the Holy Spirit convicting me to say these things. Yeah. But like it was. It was. I felt it was one of the most raw times I shared the gospel because it was one-on-one. It wasn't me standing up at a pulpit. It wasn't me telling it to a bunch of kids on a, on a church bus. Yeah.
1: So. I yeah. know. I, I have a buddy from, from Russia. And when he first came over, you know, I'm like pre-programmed. Like, okay, I need to teach this Russian about Jesus. Like, he's from Russia. Obviously, he needs Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I try to force this thing right off the get-go. This right. like when I go back to that word reconciliation, like when you try to force it on somebody, it's not it's not happening. Right. That's like the equivalent of saying somebody who's upset about Trump being elected. Like, hey, just get over it already. Just no, just be done. It's Not with that it. simple. No, there there needs to be like a process there. Like you can't just expect people to just change on a whim. Mm-hmm. And even if they like say, OK, yeah, I need to get over it are like, okay, yeah, this is really eating away at me a lot. I can start processing this. Yeah. Like you, you gotta leave space for people. So my buddy from Russia, like, I I come in with all these canned arguments. This is way back when he first started coming here. But since then we've had so many conversations. I mean deep and late conversations about
0: Just planting seeds. Planting seeds, it's hoping to even, land on that good soil.
1: It's not even really planting seeds, Alex. It's like, you know, I had to learn. God will give the increase, Jason. I had to learn about Eastern Orthodox, like, traditions and religion. Because over there in, in Russia, where he's from, church to him is a whole lot different than it is for us over here.
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're Paul, but that's exactly what Paul did. When Paul went into a city, he knew the culture. And he had to observe. He had to observe, or like in, in Ephesus. He spent two years in Ephesus. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Dang. Yeah. And talk about in it for the long haul. Right. It's like just, in, just <sighs> not this quick thing. Sons of Skiva, watch out. So to me, that's when I think of the word reconciliation, it's all part of that. Like, we're here for the long haul. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot from each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, for for you,
1: Jason, yeah. I, I
0: guess, what has been the most effective
1: method? I don't know. Can that be, like, a, a that can positive be a, answer? That can be an answer. So, like, for me, it's not about getting to that magical moment where somebody says, you know, I accept Jesus. And that moment where we would say they are, air quote, you know, saved. Because I have seen um i've seen people get air quote saved and i did absolutely nothing but just be there for the final like uh, paul watered apollo's planted but god gives the increase yeah like i've been at the end of that i've been at the end of that process and got to see somebody like legitimately change somebody in the drug recovery program which that almost never happens right out of the dr- you can go back and listen to our um our episode with church and other drugs on that. That's like a rarity, but I was there. I preached a terrible sermon, awful. And mm-hmm. I saw this guy get, get saved like legitimately. And I've, I've been going to the program for three years now and he's still there and he's just an amazing person. He graduated. That's incredible. Of the program. But I think that
0: you, to, you, you bring up a good point if I can interrupt. Okay. Like, I think it's incredible that people think they need to have the canned script memorized, or they need to have the apologetics nailed.
1: And it's not you. I mean, it's not you at all.
0: And like going back to your point that you said before, like God is sovereign. God is in control of, of of this thing. And the fact that you think that because you preached, like you you even said, like you preached probably one of the worst sermons you've ever preached. Yep, not that great but somehow God used it and you just got to witness it and you got to witness God work through your weakness. It's yeah. incredible.
1: Yeah. So like going back to your, your question, Alex, like for me, it's when the person that I'm speaking to can repeat back to me, my worldview. Yeah. And not whether they believe it or accepted it, but when i when i have enough intel from them yeah like they they know exactly what i think about this that's the point where i feel comfortable with saying you know obviously continuing the relationship but saying okay they've they've heard the gospel from me and however god decides to use it or whatever happens with it happens with it And sometimes that conversation, those conversations can be really long and drawn out. And it's incredibly hard, almost impossible to discern whether somebody is genuinely saved right off the bat or not. Right. I even hate making that judgment call, period. But I, what I do know is to the best of my ability, to the best of my understanding, which, Alex, there are lots of holes in my theology, mm-hmm. lots of holes. Mine too. But I'm saying what I understand at this moment, right here, right now, did I convey that to where the other person understood it? And if they say yes, then I feel comfortable uh, with myself knowing, well, at least... I got out and uh, explained everything to the best of my ability where they can more or less repeat my worldview back to me. Mm -hmm. I consider that, I would consider that a success.
0: I mean, in a sense, I mean, I know we don't like to sometimes hear these words, but you literally were being obedient in that moment.
1: To the best of my ability. To the best of your ability. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. No, I got no, it right? no, 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 my no. my opinions not, or viewpoints won't change down the road? Or? Right. But in that moment, you were being
0: obedient with a with a heart that was honest and sincere. You you said, "I I have I have this Jesus thing inside of me, and I have to I have to share it. Whether that's however that is, yeah. I need to share it because if if I really believe that Jesus is my Savior and that He is the only way." then there's a lot of people around me that don't know him. Yeah. And so whether it's through my weakness, like it's always going to be through your weakness. It's always. it's never it's never going to be like man, I nailed that sermon. Yeah,
1: it'll never be a strength for you. It, it will it never just... be
0: it'll just it'll and it'll be those weird awkward moments. Like it for me it was literally like I'm sitting uh in a public area and this person asked me, why do you think God is good? Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, completely caught off guard. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you, Alex. And that's the thing. I wasn't ready. And thankfully, the Holy Spirit backed me up. <laughs> Not going to lie. I said some things and I thought about it later. And I'm like, what in the heck was that? Yeah, Had to be Holy Spirit. Yeah. But anyway, for me, Jason, to kind of go back to talking about the post- post-christendom world that we live in i i think we need to start getting away from some of the our 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 prior evangelism practices like i don't think event evangelism is all that great I, I like i said before god can use it god can use any of the things that we've said in the last segment surprisingly yeah but i think we honestly need to do this thing where we go there's people in our workplace yep there's people there's there's people that in our are in our schools there's there's kids that my kids interact with on a daily basis. There's people that are my legitimate neighbors. <laughs> like, not like in the neighbor the sense like the, what the Bible talks about, but like the people that live next door to you that don't know Jesus. Yeah. What are we doing to tell them about Jesus? What do we, And that might start off with, Hi, neighbor, here's a conversation. Here's some cucumbers I grew in my garden. I have some extra cucumbers.
1: Yeah. Whatever it is. Oh, food is like the ultimate love language yeah. Too." like take food to people in any situation and more times than not it'll work out for your benefit and even if even does, if it- like they have an allergy to it yeah like they can still like see like the good intention behind it
0: and even if it doesn't work out even if they're like you know what I don't ever want to hear that christian garbage again out of your mouth it's like
1: okay that's fine yeah
0: for me i i always love the, the terminology especially in from what i've seen in the urban environment's always like the the terminology of being a son and then okay. doing, and doing what my, my dad who loves me and what he instructs me to do that will give me the most amount of joy. Yeah. And one of the things that gives me so much joy and it's like, I don't even realize it is, especially as, as Christians, like we sometimes are very slow to evangelize Yeah. or to share the gospel with somebody. But when you do, and it's genuine and it's heartfelt, it's one of the greatest joys. And it's like, almost like, it's almost like a high that you want to chase again, but make, make sure you're chasing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And I, and I just I just love the fact that God brought me into this family, and then when you go out into different like environments, especially in in cities and in places where the, the family unit is destroyed, like telling them that no, there is a good Father who's in heaven who won't ever r- abandon you, and he won't ever uh, leave you, and he won't ever break any of it. He won't ever break any of his promises. Yeah. I guess, to me, that that resonates more.
1: Well, when you say joy there, and I think of First John, you know, we here we're to declare these things to you so that our joy may be complete, mm. knowing that you have fellowship with us and with Christ. Like, there is this, like, overreaching joy mm. that you get um, from sharing Christ. I mean, Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Like, there's something special about that message and about that, that. Really, you have no part in it. You just get to witness it. Like, yeah. me witnessing that guy, like, have that moment where, like, you know, I'm handing this over to God at the drug recovery home. Like, I got to witness that. And mm-hmm. I I was terrible, like a terrible sermon. But yet, I got to witness God working. And there was this, like, this level of joy and excitement that's, like, Man, I want to witness this more. Like I want to I want to see God work at this more. Like salvation's a miracle. Like this mm-hmm. this guy just like gave his life over to another guy who died 2000 years ago for him. Right. Like that's that's crazy. It's incredible. It is incredible.
0: Evangelism, Jason. This is the episode we have created. So yeah. There's one more thing I want to do before, okay, before we close. Um, if you're a, if you're a person out there who doesn't know Jesus, uh, just if you could bow your head, close your eyes, put your hands together, and just repeat after me and say these words in your heart. Dear Jesus, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> gonna do the sinner's prayer. I, I had my eyes closed. Down. I was like, I we, was ready.
0: This is podcast evangelism at its worst. Come yeah. on, but anyway, guys. Just so you know, if you if you liked this conversation, if you if you think we maybe left something out that you wish Jason and I would have touched on more, you can hit
1: us up on social media. Reach out to us. I I'll, like personally, I want to hear people's like evangelism stories. Yeah, like either you like triumphs and busts. Yeah, I want to hear exactly. I want to hear some, or maybe somebody like. Evangelize to you like they did my wife. Like, <laughs> oh, you got like blue in your hair and your septum is pierced. Ew, you need Jesus.
0: <laughs> anyway, guys, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we are on Twitter, and then don't forget, we also have uh, a website, pastorspodcast dot com. Jason, you just posted another thought, yeah, a minimalism thought with some great pictures of before and after. Uh, your tornado of minimalism went oh, your house. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes, it's still going Your house through. looks great,
0: dude, by the way. Thanks.
1: So we love you There's guys. Um, no, I was going to say uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be hitting mental illness pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I've already seen it happening on our on our Twitter account.
1: Yeah, so you'll be getting that through our podcast here over the next couple of weeks. So.
0: But we love you guys. Again, thank you so much for listening to us. And Jason... You got to tell the people the best way to share the gospel.
1: Always keep your stick on the ice, right? No labor is in vain. Take it easy, Pastor Al.